it's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live, sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Merry Christmas and welcome to Springdale Golf Live, the pros show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here entertaining you on this holiday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not bow, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa Claus is coming to town. In what has been a truly unbelievable year in so many ways, the sports world was treated last weekend to an amazing year-end story. Father and son, Tiger and Charlie, took to the links and showed the entire sporting world what competition, sportsmanship, and hope is. After all, isn't that what Christmas is all about? Hope. Well, as 2020 winds down and we celebrate today, let's all be reminded how important it is to have hope. Because a better 2021 comes from people thinking ahead and not worrying about the past. The boss singing about Christmas. How New Jersey. Well, it's a fantastic day to feel like a kid. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, my friend. Great job there. And guess what? We have a very Vanguard guest today. She's been telling tremendous sports stories for decades. Our guest has been the communications captain for the Super Bowl, the Olympics, the Masters, and the Final Four. I mean, the list goes on. A former CBS Sports senior vice president and now runs her own media management company. Her name is Leslie Ann Wade. Leslie, welcome to the Pro Show. Merry Christmas to you. How are you? That was a very New Jersey open for New Jersey girl. I love that. Well, I am born and raised myself here in New Jersey, so um, I, I well, thought I was that born in New York City and started in New York City, but have spent most of my life in uh, in Morris County, New Jersey. So, well, with the theme of today being Christmas, and it's you know Christmas afternoon on Friday here. So, what's one g- gift you would give to the golf world? Oh, my gosh, the golf world has given us a gift, right? I mean, you talked about Charlie and Tiger, and that event has always been an amazing event. So I have been many years to the father-son, and um, I used to even organize afterwards on the Sunday, sort of having a Christmas parties with the extended families that were there in golf. But um, that event is so special, and I have often said that if you're a golf fan and you can get near Orlando during that week. Well, now it's a PNC championship, but um, first began as the father-son, right? Yes. Uh, but if you can get there that week, you really um, get a glimpse of who those great golfers really are. And, um, you know, playing with their families around them like that really shows something that we don't get to see a lot. But it, it is a really special events always and it was particularly um engaging and compelling this week with that little boy doing his thing right and to see even yet another side of tiger who we've been watching so closely but um even just to get to know him a little bit differently in that format was really 
really fun. You know, the evolution of Tiger continues in so many ways. It it, uh, it was fascinating to watch that. And it, it's interesting because we talk a lot about in the golf industry, this big boom. And the boom even affected the PNC championship. I mean, the last week we have of golf coverage of the year, and we had one of the biggest events of the year with the Tiger Charlie story. It It's just pretty, it, it's kind of cool. I mean, in many ways, 2020 has been a challenge, but you know, for you, looking back at 2020 in the media management business, what has your 2020 been like? Well, that that is such a great example, right? Because that also gave so much content that you didn't have to be sitting in front of the television the whole time to feel like you got a glimpse of that, right? It, it generated content in all the ways that we um, consume our favorite sports media moments, too, right? So I, I live in a house with three teenage kids and they watch so much over their their phones and through instagram and through um you know all of the platforms that we use uh and so uh you know that think of all the content that we've seen in so many ways delivered with the clips of that boy and his dad um it's really cool that was very 2020 and listen we're all we're all super connected to our closest bubble now, right? Which is our family. So it was really something that we could all identify with. Most of us have spent, if we have children, have spent more time with our children than, than we've ever spent with them. Right. So to see, to see that this week was really something that connected with all of us. Uh, golf has connected because it was one of the few things that we could do. And so many of us did it or went back to it or had time to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, the women have really come on amazingly strong, too. And uh, I really salute what the platform that Craig Annis and the USGA put together on um, Women Worth Watching, uh, because I really, I believe that. But um, I think if you're really a consumer of golf, if golf is your sport, you know, take a look at, catch on and catch up to what the women are doing, too. Yeah, the ladies had their tour championship this past weekend, and even though Jin Yo Cho ran away by five, I mean, there was some great golf on display. And you know what, folks? If you're just joining us, we have Leslie Ann Wade with us, and Leslie has been telling super stories um, throughout the sporting world for decades. And it, I want to go back to somewhat to the beginning. Not only, I have to say this, not only what the USGA has done, but what um, my many friends at Golf Channel NBC have done when you listen to the voices and the storytellers and the people that are on their coverage they have some of the great broadcasters in golf covering um the lpga and they are really committed to the women's game and so just taking a minute to tune into that i think uh just really expands the amount of golf programming really engaging golf programming that we have uh available to us today and I'd love for people to know more stories about those those women who are playing. Um, I know a couple of them, which is really exciting. I worked for a long time with the Faldo Series, which is Nick Faldo's global junior uh, development series around the world. And Caitlin Papp went with us to Germany and to um, China and to... I think she was somewhere else internationally, but I've sort of seen her grow up in this game. And Megan Kang, uh, who's from Boston, uh, Megan was the first woman 
in 20 plus years of the Falto series to win over the whole field, to win, you know, over boys and girls. And what's interesting about that is lots of pros give back to golf sort of in their own space, or a lot of women have programs for young women or guys have helped develop uh, young men as players. Uh, Nick series has always been for boys and girls and he's always looked at it as a global event. So on the last day, at the Greenbrier, which was our first American championship, Megan Kang, um, who was right up there at the top, was turning 16 years old. And uh, she was a leader, so she went out with two boys. You know, and she flexed her muscles and said, you're kidding me, because that was the first time she had played like that. And she went and won, won the whole thing. So, um, yeah, those girls are great girls, and it, it's really uh, something that I think all of us in golf, if we're going to show off about all our golf knowledge, we have to have a little more um, knowledge about the women who are playing on the LPGA. Well, all right. So I'm going to pivot for a moment then, because you bring up a really good point. And, and something that I don't think a lot of people paid attention to was that the men played in the QBE at Tiburon two weeks ago, and then the ladies just played in their tour championship this past weekend. So the same host site had the men's tour and then the ladies tour in back-to-back weeks do you think that the golf could learn or the pga tour and the lpga could learn from maybe tennis and that you know they bring the best well, tennis is great right because it's in the same window if you're watching the u.s open you're watching both exactly so that's my point I, I would love to get your perspective on on how you bring that together because well i was talking to the to the um to the lpga recently and talking about the venues being a character you know, in golf, we appreciate the venues. So um, when they are playing at a traditional venue or maybe a venue that has some history that maybe the PGA Tour is not using right now or they aren't using for other majors, but that the LPGA is using. But it really gives us a chance to see those places because that's something we connect through to in this sport also. So you are dead on to two things um, that I would uh as a as a marketing person as a pr person both would be stories that i would tell in that space i'd like to see uh more talk about about the venues um i'd love to see them think about what the augusta nationals done with that women's amateur going into the masters right well yeah you read my mind on that one so connecting because we get to see that course being played by these women. So it's something that we really know and want to see more of. And then we see these young women going out and playing, playing there. It's also, as you said about the U.S. Open, because they schedule it the week right before traditionally, um, it, it's sort of in our window of thinking about the Masters. Uh, but, yeah, tennis has it locked up in that space. And that's why the women... I believe that's one of the big reasons why um, the major champions in in tennis are as well known, whether they're men or women, you know. 
Well, you have been a woman leader for a long time. I mean, you were in your early 20s when you started back in the industry in, in the early 90s, and you worked way up through CBS to the point where in 2010, you're a senior vice president and you're the only woman in that capacity, you know, across all of sports. You know, those types of changes to me are amazing. And there was that group of really vanguard women that you must have some stories. You all must have gotten together at some point when I think about like Phyllis George and Jane Kennedy and then all up through like Ann Ligori well, and they were before they were before me, but, but uh, they they kind of paved the way, right? Together tonight, we're getting together tonight. No way. Um, as a matter of fact, a bunch of us, you know, on a Zoom. Um, but first of all, when you like anybody, when you're starting out in a job, you're not thinking, "I'm a girl doing this job." You're trying to do the best job that you can be. You're trying to be the best professional that you can be. And I really didn't notice it. I certainly didn't feel like I was was doing anything for women behind me. I was just trying to to run after what I wanted to do. So um, that was the beginning. When I became a vice president at CBS Sports in the 90s, and I was the first woman vice president, I had a little idea because all of a sudden these conference rooms and events and things that the guys would always run off to, I was getting an invitation to. Um, and so when that starts to happen and you're aware that you're going into rooms that you've never seen a girl walk into before, um, you know, you do sort of keep your foot in the door and wave your hand in to see if you can bring some smart women in behind you. Um, and it's a little like the wizard of Oz. I mean, once you get in there and you see the guys and what they're talking about, you know, you can keep up and you know, there's some smart girls outside who could maybe even bring something else to the table, you get even more empowered to do that. Um, but the, but the truth is, this is an ancient history. I left CBS full-time. I mean, I worked with CBS afterwards, and here and there I've done some projects for them. But um, I left CBS full-time in 2010, and at that time I was the only woman who was, uh, I was a senior vice president then, but the only woman who was even a vice president at CBS Sports, so only 10 years ago. Well, um, I mean, that's that in and of itself is, is a really cool story. And, and I want to get more into that pivot, um, you know, possibly after the break. But, you know, as we wrap up on this point, um, you and those ladies like a Leslie Visser and all of you. And you just said that you all are going to get together on a Zoom. So you still keep in contact. Right. And Leslie Visser has been an unbelievable leader. She really has been a leader completely. She has gotten us all together. So everybody from. Mary Carrillo and uh, Sally Jenkins, the writer, and um, Andrea Joyce and Anne Lagore, you talk about, and um, Leslie Visser, and uh, I have a friend who's the head of international development for the NBA from forever since they started international development with the NBA, Kim Bahuni. Um, there's there's a large number of us and. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of space to talk to the other women in your position at CBS, but we'd all run out to a bar at night and tell tell our stories, mostly for fun. We weren't um, complaining about anybody or anything. We really just had a laugh about how lucky we were to be doing what we were doing. And we really celebrated each other and still do. 
Well, there's no doubt that you're talking, you know, many years later that you all are still getting together. So that bond is something that's really, really interesting. And, and I want to get to that. See, the greatest thing we ever did, the greatest thing we ever did, and I'll lose this if we go to a break. We went to the Dakota and uh, John Madden gave us his bus, his Madden Cruiser. For those people who remember that John didn't fly around. Oh, yes. Different venues that he he took a bus from place to place. And uh, he gave us his drivers. Obviously, we would need that. And John lived at the Dakota, where where John Lennon lived. He actually lived in an apartment that, before that, belonged to Gilda Radner, which was actually really sort of cool history. Yeah. Um, but we took the bus, and we did a pub crawl. All of my girlfriends in sports, we did a pub crawl through New York City. And uh, I always laugh, because I think there isn't, no matter how... Uh, no matter what we're ever doing, there's no way to make an entrance into a bar in New York like you can when you pull up in a bus <laughs> and <laughs> cruiser on the side. Then 20 women come running, come running off the bus. Uh, and it was it was I don't know what's made me think of that lately. Somebody did a piece on John's bus recently, and I thought, my God, how could he have ever given a bunch of girls that bus? And his drivers, who were used to driving around Summerall and a bunch of guys, probably having a cocktail and playing cards or something were treated to 20 women in sports singing, you know, the songs that we would sing going to camp or playing on girls basketball teams or whatever. I think they were the most, the most stunned at all of all because they had the window on what it was like, but I have had the most amazing journey uh, in this business and I celebrate it every day. And like I said about, I have no idea now how many of us will be, but a bunch of us are going to get together and celebrate it tonight. So, Well, I tell you what, Leslie Ann Wade, you are fantastic. We're celebrating you today. I mean, you are a legend. This is unbelievable. I do have to jump to a break right now. Please hold. And uh, we'll be back in about uh, a minute or so. And, and we got to get back into this. Uh, John Madden's bus. You can't beat it. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, folks, it's 317 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with more from Media Maven, Leslie Ann Wade. Merry Christmas, baby. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Springdale Golf Club is proudly celebrating 125 years of rich history in the heart of Princeton, New Jersey. With our walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn designed course, Springdale beautifully makes its mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Combined with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management, Springdale is further elevating our commitment to our members. Just last year, our members seasoned their game, teeing off on Troon managed courses in Texas, Arizona, and even as far as Hawaii and the UK. The benefits of being part of the Springdale family extends far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments happening at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. 
Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Some more merry music to celebrate today. Here's a rare classic I remember from years ago. wonderful woman with us today the perfect compliment to such a special day and as we start the second nine of today's show leslie ann are you enjoying your time with us this afternoon yeah how can i not what do you call yourself give me the evolution of that name the director of fun yeah so i i am a pga professional did you give that to yourself did you give that to yourself or did someone give that to you yes i'm a legend in my own mind that's for sure. Um, I, uh, uh, I am a PGA professional. I'm a club professional. And uh, I work at a local club down here in Princeton, New Jersey, running their golf operation. And, oh, three, four, five years ago, I don't know what it is, Wade. We, we've been doing this a while. But every Friday afternoon, we come out and uh, I take on this personality, the director of fun. And, um, you know, Leslie Ann, you know, you woke up every day for years with a why statement. Right. So my why statement and to explain the director of fun is that I believe I can change the way that the game is told. And I believe there's a new story in golf and I'm out here doing my very best to make it fun, to make it engaging. We have more women. We have more children. We have more players than ever before in the game. And I love having people that have evolved with the game and with sports to come on the show and just talk about it and engage folks and be entertaining and we love our music on this show so how was that Burt Bacharach for you uh, that's very that's very good that's my friends you know that well you know I have good researchers here definitely here at uh, ESPN 920 that's one of my friends my god he's in his 90s and he just he just was nominated for a Grammy in his 90s well so, um, I, I mean he he's amazing you know he, he's just a legend um, for such a long he time he keeps waking up wanting to make more music right so he was scheduled to be at uh glastonbury festival in 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 you know in england and um you know he had a sort of a little world tour set up for this year those are the people that are that are really missing out um in this covid uh situation but um yeah i want the world to get back so people who make music and entertain us can get back in front of crowds of us again yeah. um and for somebody for somebody in his place in life i i i feel very sad that they've missed a schedule like that this year yeah i mean it seems to me that those of us in the middle you know whatever age we are we you know we're just going to have another year next year and it's it's you know challenging what happened in 2020 but if you were a 17 year old you never get to be 17 again and if you're at uh, bert's age then you don't get to be you know he only has so many years left so you know the, the fact that we are skipping a year in 2020 in, in, in so many ways, you know, I think about those on the bookends of life more so than, than those of us in the middle. Yeah, and so how know. about the kids who are missing like a senior baseball season? Exactly. Or, you know, those kids are really, are really gutted. That's been, that's been really hard it, for the rest of us. It's just been a different kind of year, right? It, exactly. Um, exactly. And it, and that's where the director of fun comes from. I'm trying to tell different pop culture golf stories and grow the game in a way that maybe no one else is doing that. And I appreciate you, know you being what? with then us you, today. You, you should, if you're talking about growing the game, I'd love for you guys to take a look at, I don't know if you have, but the Advocates 
Professional Golf Association. Um, you probably remember the Open to the Masters that Jim Nance did about the, the African-American player who couldn't hear and how this Masters would would be different than other Masters. But he's an APGA player, and um, that is a tour that is 10 years old that is really for um, – you know, from from minorities to be involved um, in in golf to play professionally, uh, they have a little bit of sponsorship now that they've gotten um, from Farmers Insurance and I believe from Lexus. Um, but uh, those guys are out there, sort of playing on a tour uh, that the prize money's not the same. They play on. Uh, they're still playing on different days to get on some of the great courses. Uh, and they have some amazing, some amazing players. Charles Howell III's just gotten involved with them in different ways and trying to help them raise money and is raising money for them. Uh, but they're on Twitter at a PGA tour. You might have to look up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but there's some really great, great players. And I mean, their dream is ultimately to play on the PGA tour, but it's a, it's really, I hope, uh, expanding, you know, giving giving kids a new image uh, that they can play play golf too. Obviously, Tiger and Charlie probably did a lot of that. They didn't hurt the situation, that's for sure. And no, they don't hurt it. But it has not it has not changed, right? There is that there are there are not in all the years the Tigers played golf. There aren't an enormous number of African-Americans playing, playing golf on the PGA tour. There are not, no. You see many in the galleries, you know? Um, And so this tour, like I said, has been there for 10 years and I sort of just found them on Twitter or something and got in touch with Ken Bentley, who's in charge. Uh, It's his project. And I mean, I'm just really enamored with it. Uh, and hoping that they can just elevate their stories and their platform in lots of ways, get more sponsors behind them. You know, we're all talking about diversity, but it'd be great to see some golf companies put some money behind these guys. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you're doing what you always do, which is connect people in a PR sense. And and I love it. So we're going to have to get Ken on the show and talk to him, because as much as we live in a pre and post COVID world, we live in a pre and post George Floyd world. And I think we all right. need. So when, this was right before this. I can right before George Floyd. I connected with Ken. And then when George, the George Floyd tragedy happened and you saw the hearts all over the world um, changing or, or reacting or crying or um, however that impacted them, I really said, and then I started to see every company sort of in a very business sense kind of way talk about diversity and put out different kinds of messaging. Uh, I said to Ken, this is going to be easy, right? Everybody in golf who wants to sort of, you know, show their empathy and vision and, you know, just give a different a different uh, direction for their companies and their mes- messaging and really opening doors to just engage with the APGA Tour. And I thought it would be really quick and really easy. 
And um, I went around and knocked on some doors for them. Ken said it won't be as easy as you think. And I said, oh, I know this person and that person. And let me call and make a couple of phone calls and see. And it hasn't been it hasn't been that easy. Farmers has been really great. Farmers insurance. Uh, and I think they will continue to be. But I, I tweet about them a lot because I, I just really keep thinking the more people who know, somebody might come up with some great way to really elevate what those guys are doing. So, so that's it. Well, I, I think the sporting world has got to keep uh, brilliant minds like your, yours, innovative minds, creative people, you know, here in the front. Because, you know, when you look back, you were telling super stories when the tiger boom happened. Right. And, and you were fully immersed in that whole um, scene. I mean, it, it, that was your heyday there at CBS. And in 1997, um, Tiger blows up the golfing world. And, and there's this amazing, amazing surge in golf. Well, now, fast forward to 2020. We have this another surge coming our way. If you were still telling that story, you know, we want to include Ken Bentley's tour, but we want to include some other things. Um, we already talked about it earlier, combining the men's and women's tours. Is there anything else that you can think of in an innovative way that maybe somebody else is that, you know, that came across your mind and you're like, you know what, Keith, this would be a really cool thing to do with all of the attention that's on golf right now. Uh, I think we're really starting to do it. I mean, look at what the European tour does with their, with their programming and their content and the way they really, um, and if you haven't, take a look at it, right? The way they it's the they present their players. There's a real humor to it. There's today's humor to it. You know, um, they're not all memes. Some of them are bigger, are bigger pieces of content. But it really tells us who these guys are. I think golf is cooler than than the way we present it and the way we've presented it and that does not mean um getting rid of the traditions the traditions are an enormous part of what golf is and that's what people sort of value some of the great traditions in golf but if you go out on a golf course with a bunch of golfers i have a 17 year old who's an unbelievable an unbelievably talented musician he likes golf music and uh girls that's it so i said listen dude if you can figure out a way to make a life golf music and girls i'm all for it just you know you gotta figure out how that, that works to get you to the end but when i watch uh gavin and his friends go out and play golf the way they dress is cooler the way they you know the way they talk about it is cooler the stuff they share with each other is cooler than what the way sometimes golf is depicted traditionally so i think we open the doors on it you know um you're you're word fun to expand expand on that and really to to get that content so what happened with charlie and tiger this weekend i have another boy who's a football and baseball player not very much interested in golf so all of the content that sort of comes into him is around football and baseball um and maybe some basketball but this week he kept running in with his phone to me to show me oh my god mom have you seen Tiger Woods and his son, right? So we have to figure out a way to to program it and get that content out in the bite size that the traditional golf fan who might sit all weekend in front of the television is also getting a glimpse at this sport. Well, I have no doubts that if I keep talking to cool people like you, 
we can change the rhetoric. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, this this conversation has been a tradition unlike any other. And there is one. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you got to get those in. Um, how about my first master's? I was 23 and I went all the way up until until this last one. I mean, how about that? Being a 23 year old girl at the Masters because I was at USA Network before I was at CBS um, and USA was people will not remember this probably but they were the golf channel I mean they were Thursday Friday golf I do remember that Friday of the Masters and and uh, whatever so yeah I've, I've been lucky enough to be there every single time you get there you take a deep breath and you say thank God this is where my life has brought me. I mean, some things you just appreciate every single time. And that is definitely one of those places and one of those events. And and on a day like today, like Christmas, that we're talking, you know, it's certainly, those are the types of places that put things into perspective. But there's one thing I got to do before we get out of here. And that is my listeners love for me to do a little rapid fire Q&A with my guests. Uh, Yeah, this is the part that scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... it, it can't be much more scary than John Madden's bus unloading, you know, on a New York City street. But so you I know what the thing is. This is really quick. Appreciate every single thing you do. I knew that was an amazing thing. I knew it was amazing to be at the Dakota. I knew it was amazing to be with John. I knew it was amazing that John was giving a bunch of girls the bus for the night to travel around. I know when I get to the Masters that it's amazing. You know, you just have to really gratitude's the whole deal, and it keeps you going. And it's as important as fun. You know, just be grateful the whole way through, and it gives you unbelievable energy, even through this COVID and everything else. So that would be my message, but go. Hey, you can ask me your crazy questions. <laughs> Leslie Ann, you had me at hello. I mean, self-professed, <laughs> but I am the director of fun, and, and that's what this show is all about. So here we go. All right, so your son is a very good musician. Uh, once you could take him to see a concert, any all-time concert, let's say, all-time, once we could do it, who would you take him to go see? Uh, he's a Foo Fighters guy and there's nothing more fun or paul mccartney he's also he's also a big big beatles guy but um hey there's nothing more fun than watching your kid really enjoy something i mean agreed it's been some of the most i'm a music person but some of the most amazing times i've had is is sort of looking over like you would in a movie or in a concert hall and seeing sort of the glaze over his eyes because he's nearly brought to tears by music and to see, to look at his eyes and then look at what's going on. I mean, that's the gift. Oh, that, you know, that's the gift that keeps on giving right there. All right. Last yeah. person to text you. The last person to text me was the commissioner of the American athletic conference, Mike Oresco. Since we're all wound up about Cincinnati, not getting it's due in the college football playoffs, you know, they were undefeated and they won the conference championship. They beat three yep. top 25 um, teams that were, we're still battling. We're trying to make, we call the American Athletic Conference the Power Six. And uh, Mike is really going to find a way uh, to, to get in with that top group over the next year or so. So he just texted me a couple minutes ago. On a scale of one to 10, rate your gift wrapping ability. Uh, the best. Ten. Listen, when I first started working in this business, uh, when I first started working at USA, uh, I worked in a men's clothing store when I was not working at USA, which was rare. Um, 
and sold men's suits and at midnight it was a private family business and I would we'd wrap all our gifts at the desk with those big you know wrapping paper rolls and everything if something if somebody bought something no matter how small or big we had to wrap it right at the counter and I am a skilled gift wrapper <laughs> skilled highly skilled all right coolest person you have ever met Oh, I have so many. They're, you just don't have time. Honest to God, I've met everybody. I've been lucky enough to meet everybody. I've, I've spent time with Sting multiple times. And Trudy. Yeah, which is really good. Um, Phil Collins is a is a friend of mine. I mean, that's a gift to be in Phil Collins' house with him. Like I said, Burt Backracks won Oscars and Grammys. And um, Kevin Costner used to run with us to the Final Four all the time and is a is a friend over many years from before he was making Tin Cup maybe and straight through that project which CBS had a bunch of a bunch of time with. Um, wow. You know, those are the, those are sort of the celebrity cool and I meet cool people every day in real life. I just took my son up. There was a nun up the road here who taught me to play the guitar first and with the same tools I taught my son Gavin and I heard uh she was my teacher when I was 10. I heard she doesn't have a guitar anymore. So Gavin and I ran out and got her a guitar. And I brought Gavin up to um, to be with Sister Josita the other day and meet how the guitar got into our family. Um, playing the guitar got into our family. And as we walked away, my son Gavin, who's played drums with really famous people, said to me, God, she is really a quality person isn't she mom and i said they're everywhere well they're everywhere if you think you meet cool people every day hopefully today is one of those days all right i do i feel like that and, and fun people too and how about a guy named wade working with you right there's some <laughs> he just got a, a big name. smile there he's awesome the, the, <laughs> the best producer in the biz all right do you believe in ghosts uh not ghosts but i believe in I don't think spirits completely disappear. I feel I feel people who I've lost still being close to me in different ways. All right. The most dramatic sporting event you ever attended? Oh, it's one of my kids' games. You know, my oh. daughter playing playing eighth grade um, basketball and winning uh, in overtime for the state championship or whatever. Uh, that was the most dramatic. We were just talking about that the other night, but I mean, I've been to everything. I was at Tiger's first win. I was at, um, Nick Faldo beating Greg Norman. I've been to lucky enough to be at Super Bowls. I loved being at golf's first Olympic games in Brazil, you know, return to the Olympics in Brazil. Um, I, my first Ryder cup that I went to, you know, my first Ryder Cup, I said this to you guys, I, I went on the Concord with the American team and I was in my early 20s and Americans really didn't know what the Ryder Cup was then, the way they do now. And to get off the Concord and see the galleries of people and the reaction to the Ryder Cup in Europe, oh my gosh. Well, I, on, on this thing... I have countless. I am so grateful. I have countless. Well, it, on, on this... such a gift. On this, the greatest day to be grateful, right? You are certainly 
all that is advertised and more. Because for you to come out and say your the your kids' games when all of those things you've attended to have that level of perspective, um, you know, is is just tremendous. And I celebrate that well, for sure. That is, but that is the truth. That has the decency of being true. I never screamed harder. My heart never raised more. I actually said to people there, I have been to everything, and this is the greatest sports moment I've ever I've ever witnessed. I mean, it, yeah, I feel that. All right, I'm going to go for one more here. All right, when you when you hear the word broadcaster, who is the first person that comes to mind? Oh, Jim McKay, Jim Nance. You know, right, right, sort of linked together. Jim McKay was how I the first one that everybody sort of reached for, I think, and and Nance is the ultimate now. Um, he's an amazing guy. He's a great friend to me. He loves this so much. He loves what he does so much. It's all he ever wanted to do. He walks into every place with that gratitude that he's, that he's able to do it. Um, and he wants to do it forever. And uh, I hope he can because he really loves it in that way. He never sort of just arrives there like, oh, this old thing again, Tony Romo again or Nick Faldo again or whatever it is. He is really juiced to do this every time he gets the chance. Well, you know what, Leslie Ann Wade, I was pretty juiced for this opportunity to talk to you today. You've been amazing, <laughs> and you've taught me just a wonderful level of gratitude. You are a super storyteller, and I can't thank you enough for being on the pro show. Well, thanks so much for having me, you guys. I am grateful for this, too. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, okay, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. What a perfect storyteller to have on such a perfect day. Yeah, folks. Well, before I got to race you over to Max Kellerman's show, uh, I got to thank my sponsors. And uh, as Leslie Ann said, it's it's wonderful to be grateful. And here we go. TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, F.H. Wadsworth. Merry Christmas to all of them, to all of you. Certainly Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Wade Weezer, Springdale Board of Governors and True Golf Management. Happy holidays to everyone. You know, I love my listeners. And today, yes, even today, in mind, I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from New York to the North Pole, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a wonderful Springdale Christmas day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at three with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.